My goodness. What a performance by one Cody Rhodes. We're going to talk about Hell in a Cell. We're going to talk about this special event on a Sunday night. We are going to talk about the incredible guts of one Cody Rhodes. We are going to talk about one incredible performance from Seth freaking Rollins as he manages to lose. But as we know, these things are scripted and it took a hell of a wrestler to get that kind of performance out of an injured performer. And then we're going to go through the rest of it. We're going to gloss over the things we didn't like quickly. Although I will say I didn't really not like anything, although there were, was a result I wasn't in favor of. And then we're going to talk about, well, you'll see on the other side. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, go home heat. I have my man Ray here. Ray. Hi. What's going on, brother? Um, I'm good right now. Um, just watched a pay-per-view. Let's dive into the main event. Wow. Wow. Um, I don't know how to even begin to talk about... What we saw from Cody, we there were so many speculations that this billion dollar company would never put Cody out there if he really had his pectoral torn from the bone. We all thought maybe it's a work, maybe it's a work. Seth comes out, set the table for you to let you know what the mood was. Seth comes out, Dusty Rhodes gear, when he takes off his feathered coat and release, reveals the polka dots from the WWE cringe era of Rhodes, Seth's going to be in his head. That's the main story. And then Cody has his epic entrance, which we've seen before. We love it. He comes to the ring, and then he takes off the robe. And he is covered in purple from below his elbow, up through his bicep, around through his pectoral, and down into his rib cage area. I it looked horrible, and I mean I I couldn't even fathom what like, he's thinking. That's what that's what Triple H's pec looked like after surgery. Yeah, and I I really was stunned. They are a publicly traded company, and I am a hundred percent sure that Cody Rhodes, once the doctor told him what was wrong, said, "Can I make it worse?" And the doctor probably. I said 100%. I'm 98% sure the doctor said, Cody, it's torn off the bone. Surgery, surgery, buddy. You can't tear it up any worse. And that's when they decided the match was on if he had the guts to do it. Seth was going to have to take the brunt of the punishment. Seth was going to have to figure out ways to creatively put himself through tables. Seth was going to have to figure out ways to creatively put himself in scenarios where he could get DDT'd, crossroads and everything else under the sun, and he did it. It was a good match, great match, considering the circumstances. The way that they worked in the torn muscle as part of the story, uh, despite the fact I'm, it was very on short notice. Right. Well, what you said was, we're going all aesthetic, and that's how they got away with making this thing. Heel to the face Twitter account said... Cody Rhodes lasted 24-20. I don't know how he did it. Beats Cody Rhodes. Last 24-20 in the ring with Torn Pectoral. The way they managed to do it 
what you said it was all about the aesthetic. Seth goes when Cody's down, puts on Cody's jacket. Cody, he takes out a belt that's polka dotted yeah. that says visionary on it. That takes a lot of time. He whips him on the back, preventing him from hitting that injury. When he did put the kendo stick, stick to the area that was injured, he did not push down, although it looked like he was. It was the little things, the way they managed to do it. It took time to take out the table twice. It took time to go get the bull rope. It took time to go get the sledgehammer. They introduced this. When Cody grabs the bull rope, with the cowbell on it and throws it to Seth and they decide to have a mid-south and that's not that's a line I stole as well from at five deuce for Trey on your Twitter machine. I thought it was a great line that they had themselves a masterpiece worthy of a mid-south Coliseum classic. It was like that. You couldn't you couldn't ask them to do too much. When Cody early in the match hits the springboard, crossroads. When he hit the ground, we both cringed like, oh my God, what just happened? I can't put it into words. It was it was really hard to watch. Right, but then after a while, you got to, you, you kind of, I, w- I would never say you forgot about it, but it became a part of the script like everything else, and you knew he was yeah. able to work. And those crossroads he did to Seth, I mean, Seth absorbed several, they all looked really good. When Seth put him in the buckle bomb and put him through the table, if you noticed, Cody clenched both of his arms against his chest and never kind of came out of that in a, when he hit the table. And I don't know how that stuff works. I've never had an injury like that. I've never wrestled a match. I don't know exactly how he managed to get through that. But kudos to him. Kudos to Seth for doing it. Now, he's beaten Seth three times. He's going to have to go get surgery. And when he comes back, I imagine he's going after Roman. And I cannot imagine. That crowd was so hot for that match. Once they realized he could. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they started. They were singing for Seth for a little bit. And then they were singing for Cody. And then, you know, they. They had asked for tables during the Corbin match, and then when when finally they got the tables two, two matches later, they did the thank you, Seth, back and forth. And then the Cody chance, yeah. it was just incredible. Let's go to the first match of the night. You have Bianca Belair defending her title against Becky Lynch and against Asuka. And we got, it was a little slow to start out with. There's There was back and forth a lot in this. Early on, you wind up, you know, the way they do these things, you wind up having it where it turns into a series of singles matches until you get to the point where somebody gets isolated. And in the home stretch was like just it was the home stretch was fire because you have two incredibly good counter wrestlers and wrestlers that have been in several of these in Becky and Asuka. And they were able to go back and forth. The home stretch winds up being Becky hits the man slam on Asuka and then Bianca rolls her out of the ring, taking Becky out of the championship equation by beating her at her own game and not pinning her. So therefore, we have a way for Becky to kind of keep her fire while she must go down the card, which is going to be good for the division. She can take the Seth Rollins role in the female division and continue to do what she did as a world champ, which is build the division up and get the Liv Morgans and the Dewdrops and people like that in positions to wrestle for a title. Asuka, on the other hand, does eat the pin, but she didn't really get beat by Bianca as much as she got beat by circumstances, and that gives her a legit chance to become counter to Bianca for a home stretch run. And as we try to... I keep I keep comparing Bianca to John Cena because I just don't... She feels like that to me with the with the the aesthetic and the charisma that's coming off of her and the way she's able to perform physically in the ring and do a lot of the same muscular things. Although she's a little, she's not quite as good on the stick yet as John. John was really good on the stick from the get go. 
even if you see his work he did in OVW, he was still, you know, he, he was already good on the stick. When you talk about coordination, John wasn't out there doing flips this early on either. So this was really good. I felt like I, I, it was funny. Roman Reigns has spoiled everybody as Bianca tries to pin both of them and stack them both up for one pin. And then you had Asuka try to get them both in ankle locks, Kurt Angle style, and neither one of those worked. I think Becky is proving owning a wrestling school and working all week long on wrestling and then turning around and wrestling three matches a week is very advantageous to her ability to become a great performer. She's getting better and better and better as time goes on. Asuka, as you said, right, is you said it's easy to root for Asuka in this match because. Oh, yeah, I said it's easy to root for Asuka in this match because she's like the best wrestler in the ring. That's not a knock on them. Asuka's a top, you know. I don't know where you want to start your list at, but when it comes to men and women and all that, over the course of her career, she'll go down in history as one of the great wrestlers. Yeah. She's fantastic as a, as a wrestler. And I like the idea of her remaining in the championship picture if they'll go that route. You did not particularly like Baron Corbin Moss? Madcap Moss match. Oh, no. Now, we're bouncing around, guys. You're not a huge fan of Baron anyway. I mean, really, I think I, my problem with this match was where it was placed. Because it, I didn't know whether it was supposed to be palate, a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also came right before a Theory versus Ali, which is also a match that isn't particularly important. Or at least to me, or that I'm not particularly interested in. Which is Theory's fault, not Ali's. Fan bases agree with you. A lot of them don't particularly like Austin Theory, and a lot of them wish that they could get behind Mustafa Ali, but they know it's not going anywhere, so they get tired of... Yeah. I also feel like Theory's whole gimmick is just... It's a rehash of Tyler Breeze. They're taking the pictures. <laughs> the the, yeah, right. The whole that. thing. It's just... And I don't... I don't get Vince season Theory or what... He likes particularly, it. Particularly anybody. Particularly they all see this super talented guy in Theory because they were... Uh, looking at him ever since they did like a weird um, indie show special on the WWE Network, which is I remember that right? relic. Now you had, but I felt like at least in defense of the Ali match, it was real. Well, you know what? Both of the matches were good. They were they were well done. Like you said, maybe they didn't need to be next to each other. You you did say though, for somebody that doesn't know a lot about Moss, you think that you like the guy. Uh, yeah, I thought he was fun, and he's a good little wrestler. He gets into a brawl. Corbin's good at his job. He, you know, I was I I highly appreciated when you're going for a I'm slamming this steel stairs onto this chair that's wrapped completely around your neck. Him not picking that up all that much. Let's reduce the room for error when we're dealing with slamming stairs onto your face if we mess up. So just sliding it over on yeah. top. I appreciate it. It went fine. It was over. The Ali thing. The whatever the move was he did that was some form of like a Conrada thingy through the ropes. You know what I'm talking about? That led to him going to the top rope, missing the 450 splash. I don't know that I've seen that before. You, mean, you remember the move I'm talking about? You said yeah, something a minute, didn't yeah, you? Like, oh, the, that's um, something. The, the, it wasn't a tornado DDT. It was a something else uh, DDT, but he did it while Austin Theory was in between the ropes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Right. I don't know that I've ever seen it either. And it was not, and dude, that's Ali, though. He's. He's really incredible. I think Austin should go back a little bit and then maybe come forward when I get what, what's going on. And I felt the same way about Corbin at one time. And so putting them next to each other is like a weird spot for us when we're watching the show. Now, 
Bobby Lashley versus Omos versus MVP, along with MVP is a match that happened. I was I liked it a lot. I know you probably didn't like as much as I did. I'm on Bobby Lashley mark anyway, and for him to and he this is multiple times he's been in it with Omos. For him to be in scenarios where he is able to make it seem as if he's hurting a a man mountain like Omos is incredible. And then the way he sells for Omos was good. The stretch run run was dope. They told the story with Cedric Alexander over the last few weeks trying to interfere and cause Lashley stuff because he wants to be in the good graces of one MVP. Of course, that winds up being MVP before the match, telling him, look, dude, we're not getting the band back together. You're not in this. Don't be dealing with it. So as Lashley has run right through MVP and then Omos goes for the save, Cedric comes in, gets Omos's attention, Lashley bounces off the rope, runs right through him, spears the Redwood, puts MVP in the hurt lock. We get the finish. Lashley lets the cat out of the bag, maybe, by telling everybody he wants a belt back. And he's doing the belt thing. And uh, as he walks around the ring, he actually takes a fan's heavyweight championship belt and holds it in the air and then goes and finds him again and gives it back to him. I thought that was great. I'm a mark of Lashley's last championship run. He has gotten better on the stick over the years. Towards the end of the championship run, he didn't need MVP as much. Omos does badly need MVP (laughs) because he just, you know, he's very young. In, in all of this, and it's probably overwhelming for him, so it, it really helps the whole scenario for MVP to be with him. I hope this separates them. I hope we're done with this program. I didn't hate it. I don't know, though, who can wrestle Amos and make it seem as good as Lashley can. Because hmm. you have to be a unique human to look like you're hurting a tree. And also be able to look like you can get up from the beating of a tree. Yeah. There's like Lashler, Lashley, who is a giving performer. I don't think Lesnar is going to be willing to work a program with him. No, no. And also and well, Lesnar, Lesnar and Lashley are different. Well, they're different performers. Lesnar Lesler doesn't look like he can get hurt by a tree. <laughs> Lesnar can't get hurt by a tree. Right, correct. I get you. I get you. That dude's in squash matches with like Mark Henry, dog. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and you have... And you have, like, Roman's not ever, almost is years away from wrestling a Roman, or or Lesnar for that matter. So I don't know where they go with Omos right now. I don't think Omos is that great right now. No, he's got a lot of work. And, and yeah. the other thing that's weird for an Omos is you can't put him in wrestling school with other wrestlers because you're not going to teach him to do top rope antics. You're not going to teach him to do so. I, I don't know. Maybe you fly Ke- maybe they're flying Kevin Nash in on the on the weekends <laughs> to teach him how to wrestle Kevin his way. Kevin Nash ain't going to teach nobody how to wrestle. Well, here's what you do, man. You put on your your shirt and you jackknife into the pool and you pop for it. <laughs> and when you uh, powerbomb somebody, you just let them fly. Let's just hope they don't have him dancing. Man, they had Shanky's a wrestler on SmackDown that's been lined up with... Uh, Jinder Mahal, and they've decided to split them. And in order to get the fans to like them, Vince has decided we have the seven foot man dancing, and that's going to get him over. And it's just like Vince, man, how many different giants have I had to see dance and not? He get does it? that with every giant. Don't do it with a moss. Let him continue to be a killer, even if it doesn't look great. It, no matter what, when I pick you up over my head and you're 11 feet in the air and I dump you, 
it's going to look good. It looks like it hurts, right? So just yeah. let him keep doing that. Every couple of weeks, fly Kevin down. Kevin will show him how to, you know, jackknife and kick somebody upside the head. And yeah. That weird, I'm taking a picture of your thing and then the elbow. It's all good. You ain't got to do much. You're a giant. You know, it's the little guy's job to take the bumps. That's Shawn Michaels. You did not like the Ezekiel Kevin Owens program, <laughs> but you didn't hate the match. No, um, I think looking at this match, story-wise, and I think this match was actually terrible, but it was okay because Kevin Owens was in it. Right. Well, you have... Okay, the program is silly. Zeke... Stupid. Elias shaves off his chest hair and his mus- and his beard, and he comes out and he says, I'm Zeke, and Kevin Owens calls him a liar, and we have this whole program to go through it, and there's no reason why any of this should be entertaining, but Kevin Owens happens to be fantastic at his job, so it's okay. Then you have this match, and you notice that Elias is a good wrestler. Whatever his real name is, I'm sure it's not either Elias or Ezekiel. But if you're not a Zeke freak, if a you're not Zeke Zeking out freak. whenever, huh? Zeke out? You like that catchphrase when Zeke he's doing stuff? Out. When you Zeke out? <laughs> no, that's not your thing. Okay, man, it's, it's so it's it's so stupid. Okay, it's, uh, <laughs> so you, you know if you're not a Zeke freak, if you're not Zeking out, then it doesn't make that much sense. But he is a good wrestler, and early in the match, you know, they ring the bell and he immediately hits Owens with a. Knee to the face, and he goes to the top rope, and he's got a really good Macho Man got Randy Savage elbow. elbow. Yeah, drops the elbow from the top rope, and I'm like, oh, my God, Kevin Owens is losing in the first 30 seconds. This is crazy. But they don't do that, and then they wind up having a match, and it's a good yeah. match because Kevin Owens doesn't do bad matches, and he is this weird luchador bullfrog. <clears throat> it's so crazy because he's flying around the ring, and he's going to the top rope, and he's hitting swantons or catching swantons. He's incredible. He is an incredible wrestler. And, you know, he goes out there and does above average with a guy and really has a good match with a guy in a program that is nothing. And he he whispers or he says to the microphone in Chicago when he's backing up, I'm the best in the world. He's in Punk's hometown, just in case you forget. And he is so good. And I don't know that he'll ever go down as best in the world. And I think part of the reason of that is... He's so good that he's constantly being put in a horrible program. They're like, what are we going to do? We need a baby face. Well, let's make Kevin Owens a baby face. Okay, so he does that. And he does it really well. And then they said, what are we going to do? We need a heel. Oh, let's make Kevin a heel. And then he does that really well. And Oh, what are we going to do? We need somebody to get in a program with anybody on the roster. Then the stretch run, we get the pop-up powerbomb. We get a counter by Zeke. Zeke goes to the top rope. A move that happened a lot in in the night was hit the rope, force the guy that's standing on top of the ropes to smash his balls. And then we got two super kicks, and then we got a cannonball when he fell into the corner, and then we got a stunner. We were done. It's hard for Kevin. It's hard for Sammy because you can put them in a match with Kurt Angle. It makes sense. You can you can put them in a match with Steve Austin. It makes sense. You can put them in a match with the cast of Riverdale. It makes sense. <laughs> and that's how good they are, but also why they keep getting moving or moved around into these weird situations. I appreciate them re-signing because they are vital to what a company like WWE does, where they do yeah. have to use people like tools and like actors in movies, and it doesn't always connect like it maybe does in other companies. Now, moving on, we had what I think you thought was the match of the night. Am I right about that? We had Judgment Day with Damian Priest, Edge, and Ripley versus... Yeah, this... 
The New Bullet Club, starring Liv Morgan, AJ Styles, and Finn Balor. The team that was supposed to be favored to win does not have two of the top 20 wrestlers of the last 20 years in AJ Styles and Balor. Balor. Prince Devitt. AJ arguably being the best wrestler ever. (laughs) Legit. Legit could be the Michael Jordan of pro wrestling. Literally. There there's there are arguments for other people, but he's there, and no matter what your argument is. And Finn is a fantastic rec- wrestler, and I would argue if he were to have been booked differently, he might could be in the same exact conversation AJ is. He's not quite as diverse. AJ, we, we just talked about Kevin Owens and Sammy Zane, and I did not know when AJ came into WWE he would fit in as seamlessly as he does. He is kind of the perfect sports entertainer. He is good at being funny. You can stick it. They stuck him with almost it worked. They stuck him with whoever it worked. But the bottom line is all that is secondary to what that man does after you ring the bell. I told you during the match, I said, man, I said, Finn, and, Finn and AJ, I would love to see them as a tag team, but they do seem completely overqualified to be a tag team. Yeah. And Liv looked good in this thing. Liv was good. Uh, Rhea and Liv specifically had some a lot of chemistry. That was good. Liv's attacks, and they did a little a neat little teamwork move where Finn threw Liv into AJ, and AJ boosted Liv into the air, which turned into Conrada. That was all cool, and, and that kind of set the table for Liv to be able to do a series of offensive maneuvers that worked with Rhea. Rhea is an incredibly giving performer for a person her size yeah. with other people. She is able to fall down for them and things and make it look good. But she also has put in her repertoire a headbutt, which I love because it shifts the momentum quickly without much yeah. physicality. It's just a quick headbutt and boom, everything's different. And it gives her the feeling of invincibility because even if you can get to her, she can switch the momentum with just that one little quick move. And then she did, you know, she is able to catch a live out of the air and hold her and do things with her and stuff like that. And that, that works. Now, the home stretch was just buck wild as you had all these great performers doing these neat things back and forth. You get Finn and AJ go over the top rope. You get Liv go yeah. over the top rope. You think, of course, Edge's crew, which, dude, and Ripley and Damian Priest and Edge aren't bad performers either. Edge is. Yeah. Edge is right there in Hall of Famers as well as all these guys. And great storyteller edges. And we have, as they're dead to rights, Rhea Ripley stopping Finn from getting the coup de grace once, then stopping Finn from getting the coup de grace a second time. So this this match between Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor is going to be good. (laughs) I I, I don't think this will go that direction. I do not. But that, of course, turns into Edge being able to flip the script, hit the spear, get the win. That match is between... No, nothing, I'm not going to say anything. That would be a good match. It would. In AEW. Because Vince ain't booking that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, I don't even know Tony booked that. But I know I know Scott Demore over there at Impact, he would love to book a Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley match. Be like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he put the, dude. Scott Demore would put his world heavyweight strap on Rhea Ripley and not think twice about no. it. He'd be like, yes, I got me a stud. And he would be 100% correct. He has got himself a stud. She's fantastic. And this match yeah. was really good. I thought it was probably, I'm going to say I was a little partial because I'm a Seth Mark, as you well know. And then Cody Rhodes is actually my best friend. 
I'm, yes. I'm really happy that he's probably going to get to come. I'm sad that he's hurt, but he may get to come down to Pensacola, Florida, and get with Dr. Andrews and get that thing worked on. And if he does that, he's feel free to come visit me at work. We'll kick it, Cody. Get hit me up on the on you know hit me up, text me, yes. let me know. You know we'll talk. I'll buy you dinner. The works, man. You're my guy. Yes. One, I don't think I don't want people to think I would ever advocate that people should work hurt. And I do understand that Cody was hurt. I also think that the WWE operates under medical clearance type scenarios. And I think that he got the clearance because, crazy enough, I don't think he could have hurt it much worse. So it was literally a, a decision of can you handle the pain to be out there? And I don't know if he was scheduled to fight anybody other than Seth. They would have had him go out there. Yeah. Because Seth was able to tell that tale without putting him in jeopardy much. And I think that that's a big deal. None other. I want to. Dave Meltzer, was he the guy that anointed Seth, uh, Cody Rhodes the three star general? Or was it just the fact that he always got three stars that he wound up being the three star general? Um, I think it was just the fact that he got kept getting three stars that he was called the three star general. I don't know. I think that might just be it. I don't know what Meltzer will rate this match, but I do know that he stated, and I'm not going to get this wrong, so I'm going to pull up my phone so I can get this quote correct. I, misquoting Dave Meltzer would be a wrong thing to do. Rhodes won with two crossroads and a sledgehammer shot. This was among the most compelling matches in pro wrestling history. Now, I don't know if it was compelling because the publicly traded company let a guy go out there and wrestle with a completely blue right side of his body blue and purple, <laughs> or if it was compelling because they were able to work together and get a great performance, or, yeah. or if it was compelling that they went on ahead and pulled pulled the Cody goes over Seth Rollins three times thing. Here's what I'm telling you. If I am Vince McMahon and I have asked Seth Rollins to lose and lose and lose again, and yet he continues to go out there and give you these fantastic yeah. performances week after week after week. He better win the Money in the Bank ladder match because Cody's going to be on the shelf. And one great piece of booking would be to have either Cody with the belt, with the championship belt, and Seth Rollins with the Money in the Bank ladder thing. Or if Cody's going to be on the shelf longer than that, which I would guess he's going to be on the shelf for more than the next WrestleMania. Seth holding one of the two belts when Cody gets back. Either way, that's a good way to do that. Now, where we go with Bianca Belair, again, she's this, she's, she is, I say this about Jade Cargill, and I think Bianca's pretty far ahead of Jade Cargill yeah. wrestling wise, but to me, they are both human spotlights. Mm-hmm. That's where the similarities end. They're completely, yeah. they're completely different wrestlers. Yeah. Like They're both really strong, but they're completely different wrestlers. But they are human spotlights. When they walk into a room, you look at them. One, because you know, Cargill's just built like nobody's built. And the other yeah. is, with Bianca, it is she exudes happiness and confidence in a way. Even, even before you realize she's an athletic freak of nature, she just pops with positivity in a, a weird yeah. way. And so I, I hope they continue to go this way with her. I hope she goes into a program with Asuka. I wouldn't mind if Asuka used the green mist to kind of cause something here. 
you know, you'd be there's worse things you could do than to say, hey, our top two heels right now are Becky Lynch and Oscar. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could. That, that's a good way to get all your baby faces over to put them in programs with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I was also. Go ahead. You know, we we, we speculated before. The, I speculated before the Cody thing happened that I thought it was a work. Because you know, wrestling is just so. The, the line between reality and fiction and wrestling right now is just so non-existent. Right. I mean, I, I, I thought it was a work because there was no proof. There was, I mean, I was just told this. Right. Um, and the more the WWE leaned into, hey, he's hurt, the more hey, you go, oh, it must be baloney. Oh, it's, it's, it's getting. And I thought, I don't know, with both Cody and Roman gone, that's like their next big storyline. On. Both people in their next big storyline. Supposedly, Randy Orton's on the shelf too. So you really are in a no weird spot. No RK bro. No RK bro. <laughs> right now, what will I ever do? Right now, Sorry. another thing about pro wrestling. To I mean, people seem to like RK bro. But. Right, pro wrestling in a lot of ways is similar to Marvel movies or DC movies in that we love the callbacks, we love the reference points during the matches. And what Seth and Cody did manage to do, and you pointed out eloquently when we watched it, the aesthetics was important. Yeah, because the aesthetics. The athleticism couldn't be. And you had Cody grab the bull rope that his daddy was, starts with Seth in the polka dots. Then you have Cody grab the bull whip. You have the bull rope and the cowbell. You have, and even to Seth taking the cowbell shot to the head, which is... Christopher Walken once told us all we need more cowbell. Yes. You ha- you had them battling over the pedigree, which was Seth was anointed. Cody yeah. said Triple H was his favorite wrestler, but then turned right around and acted as if Seth- Triple H was his biggest enemy because Triple H had told him, "I like you where you are in contract negotiations. You don't. You're not really going to be a bigger deal." And then Cody goes around the world and comes back as the biggest deal. And then you have the battle over the sledgehammer. You have the battle over the pedigree. They had to battle over the crossroads as they both hit a crossroads at one point and they laid there as they rebuilt themselves. You had Cody absorb the finisher once and then you had the finish be not only did I hit him with two, I also hit him with the sledgehammer, which he told me in the last promo, the sledgehammer was what yeah. meant I could never come back home again. And I just thought that was a really well done yeah. story. I thought it was really well done. I thought for a pay-per-view that was not on paper fantastic, I thought they pulled off a really entertaining show that was was cool. There was a, a little bit of a lull for you. Yeah, I think there were, I think there the were two standout matches in this pay-per-view. And that might be me just being harsh. Yeah. But <laughs> you would say the last one and the and the, and the, the last tri- one and the six the man tag six man tag right yeah I would say there were three standouts because I would include the Bianca match but I would also okay. say that that's that's fair I liked the storytelling I got with Lashley I like where that story is going I'm glad Kevin Owens is done he has proven <laughs> to me he can do anything with anything now let's let him get into something he can sink his teeth into that matters put him in something with Lashley. You know, let Lashley, you know, I don't care who wins that, but give me a month of Lashley and Owens. 
Yes. Give me two months of Lashley. I like where they're at. They are in a weird spot with injuries, as we've said, but so is AEW. Every time we turn around, somebody in AEW is getting hurt, too. And it's going to be amazing because these two companies have done a great job of entertaining us. We can nitpick everything, and we do. That's that's what people do nowadays. Yeah. We nitpick things, and that's okay. Where these two companies get to over the summer and entertain us in a time when I, I really love summertime for wrestling, where we get to is going to be interesting because we mm. have so many people on the shelf mm. and characters that don't normally get to shine will have an opportunity to walk out under the lights. Mm. And as they say, people want to be under the lights, but the lights show the biggest cracks. Yeah. The flaws will be there if you're not ready for prime time, but somebody's going to get a chance to be at a point in their career they weren't going to be at if not for all these injuries. And it's a shame people are hurt. It's a shame they're on the shelf. But somebody's going to have an opportunity right here, and I hope that they all hit home runs when they get those opportunities for a lot of reasons. Thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you for hanging out with me tonight, Ray. Appreciate it. All right, and let's, let's go home.